Hello, 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 kids. Welcome to another episode of my spooky gay family. My name is Pissy Miles. I'm your resident spooky drag queen. And I am Sam Baxter, your resident spooky drag queen's resident sister. (laughs) We did this again. I know, every time. (laughs) Every time! Someday I'm going to come up with a better intro. (laughs) And kids, this is my My spooky spooky gay gay family. I am so, 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 so excited for this episode, and I know you know why, because I talk about it every fucking episode. (laughs) This is my favorite horror movie of all time, hands down, no holds barred, like half a click above Scream. This is the best horror movie in the world. We are talking about Halloween today, and I am so excited. I'm like, Liza Minnelli is so excited. I'm so just Wonderful. I met her with Judy Garland. She was in the original Halloween. <laughs> Liza, she wasn't in Halloween. I know, but she could have been if she if it had been made 20 years earlier. My, my mother would have been the star. She would have been terrific. I mean, probably. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up. Vincent <laughs> Minnelli directing Halloween. It, it's a movie musical. <laughs> Michael Myers is like, he's the only silent movie musical star. <laughs> All his dance steps are 30 feet behind everyone else. I mean, Michael wasn't made for the talkies, so I mean... No, he wasn't he made really for the wasn't. talkies. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited that we were talking about Halloween today because we are approaching Halloween. Yes. It is almost Halloween time. I'm it, so happy. It, I'm so happy. I, ha- I hate the summertime. I am not a summertime person. I am so over the fucking sweat and the and the sadness <laughs> and my wigs melting in my car. <laughs> not that I wear wigs. I'm a I'm a I'm a beautiful woman with natural hair. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how I describe you to my friends. Oh is that's, it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Every time. Do your friends um are your friends very interested in drag? Um <laughs> it's it, it, it's weird because um, when, I, when I worked in an office, I think most of my office knew what you did and would ask for things. Like, like they, they would stalk you on Facebook and then want to like see videos of your performances when they knew that <laughs> I had gone. And it was, it was kind of one of those where it was like, I don't know if you like me or if you like my brother or if you like my brother's feminine alter ego. Like, or like, if it's appropriate for me to be showing you videos at work. <laughs> I, I, I mean... It was on the lunch hour. We were never getting paid to watch drag videos. <laughs> wink, wink, hint, fine. hint, nudge, nudge. Um, I will say there have been a lot of times where people come up to me and they're like, oh my God, you're a drag queen. Uh, like if I've told them that I'm a drag yeah. queen previously. They're like, you're a drag queen. Do you have videos? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, can I see them? And I'm like, this is not. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes. www.youtube.com. I know, but it's not even that. It's like most settings are not appropriate for my videos when I'm singing. I mean, that's fair. Like I literally sing a called uh, a song called "What About Lube," and it is a parody of Hearts' "What About Love," and. <laughs> 
That is just not an appropriate song. It's it's actually weird that you bring that up because I got like super back into like 80s pop rock recently. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I went to the gym the other day and realized that my entire playlist was like Air Supply and Heart. And, like, but it's honestly, like, what the fuck am I doing? That is like, the best workout music. I will and I will tell you why. It's because we're old. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even make an argument for the fact that the music is better. It's just no, that we are old. It's just that we are old. Although I will say I was having a conversation with someone the other day and I was saying like I was like, you know, the best gay movies came out in the 90s. We had uh The Birdcage, we had Death Becomes Her, we had to Wong Fu, we had uh, and uh, we had, the only good lesbian movie, but I'm a cheerleader. But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. And not like specifically gay movies, but like even and, and the late 80s as well. We have things like Clue. We have, uh, you know, all these movies that are now so iconic in the gay community. All of them came out in like the late 80s through the 90s. And now I feel like they just don't write movies like that anymore. I think it's it's actually kind of weird because I we're going to get deep for a second. I, I think that gay culture being more visible and being more mainstream and being more accepted has actually kind of, I don't want to say hurt the movie game, but it's, it's a different flavor because everything was used to be kind of, had to kind of be tongue in cheek because Mm -hmm. it was always kind of, can we get this past the censors? Because we're talking about gay stuff. Now we can talk about gay stuff all we want. So the jokes either go like way overboard into like frat boy humor or we're just talking about how teenagers kill themselves when they figure out that they're gay. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, there's really no in between. It's like, like, like either it's, everything is fucking terrible or everything is just like it's stupid. Moonlight or American Pie. Literally, like those are your only choices. <laughs> like, like there's nothing in the middle. Like, like I freaked the hell out when they made Carol because I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. I go, I'm like, wow, okay, so nobody died, but that's a really low bar, guys. Like, that's a really <laughs> low bar. Do you know? I've, no, like, I've still not seen Carol. It's not. Um, I I would argue as a lesbian, it's 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 not really worth your time. <laughs> really? I it's it's as not a that lesbian? It, it's not that it's a wonderful. It's it's not that it's not a well made movie. It's not that it's a, not a well written movie. Um, the, the actresses both do an amazing job. It's mm-hmm. just, I am so fucking sick of watching depressing lesbian period pieces that I could just like, <laughs> I could just ram my head through a window. Lesbian like, period like, pieces like, sounds like, uh, like a movie from health class. <laughs> it should be, but it's not. And it makes me just as miserable as the real thing. It's just like, like, I just don't want to see any more like. She was in the nobility. She was a scullery maid. By the end of this film, they'll both be dead in the Thames. Like, it's just, I'm just so sick of watching this crowd. It's like, stop killing my ladies. Let them, like, make out for three minutes. Like, give me a sex scene, please. Like, Although just one. <laughs> dead in the Thames would be a great title for it a really lesbian would. movie. It, that's my lesbian Br- British horror movie. It's it's Dead in the Thames. It's a retelling. It's Jackie the Ripper. Ja- <laughs> Jackie the Ripper. Yes. Jackie. <laughs> Jackie, no. <laughs> oh, Jackie. And the funny thing is, is she's not murdering anyone. She just doesn't trim her nails first. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know why they keep dying. <laughs> they had no concept of internal bleeding. Well, her, her last name is Kruger. But that's, that's for a different episode. Jackie Kruger. <laughs> Jackie We're going to Kruger. the 70s in this one, and there's no lesbians in it. 
No, there were no lesbians in the 70s. Let's be honest. Well, there were no lesbians in Haddonfield that we were shown. <laughs> yeah, Jodie Foster didn't live in Haddonfield. No. <laughs> and much, much to my chagrin, Jamie Lee Curtis is, is heterosexual in this series. Oh, yeah. Although I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to be talking about this because I love Jamie Lee Curtis and I love knowing now where the character goes. Yeah. So many years later, uh, it is very exciting. I do think that 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 is one thing. I love that we're talking about the reboot before the original, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. <laughs> I, I think my favorite thing about the 2018 reboot is it's one of the few horror movie reboots that I've seen where it actually changes the context of the original in a positive way. Like, yeah. where I actually like the original better because of the reboot. Exactly. Like, <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that I have that's a minor criticism, I mean, it didn't bother me that much, but the one mm-hmm. thing I, that did bother me is that they eliminated... Halloween 2 as a sequel as well. Yeah, I didn't no. think that was necessary. I thought they could have left everything else. Although I understand why they did it yeah. because when you think about it, and spoiler alert, we're going to be talking, uh, shocking, we're going to be talking about this movie is Halloween years old. and the sequel. <laughs> um, I understood that they did that because they wanted to make Michael more of just a random killer who was killing babysitters. And the, if yeah, no, and they if, wanted to take out that, that sibling retcon. That yeah. If it was one. the sibling thing, then it kind of, it kind of made it too specific and, and muddled the story a little bit. So I get it, but Halloween two is just such a great movie that to say that yeah. it didn't happen almost like hurts me. <laughs> I, I, I still feel like they probably could have gotten away in the reboot with just, with just kind of playing it off as like, Oh, like having even just Jamie Lee Curtis say, that was a stupid fucking rumor that somebody started. It's not true. Like yeah. y- you could have retconned it within the within the world of Halloween 2018 without completely erasing basically the second half of Halloween. Honestly, they, like, exactly. <laughs> and they could have even made it something where like because the beauty of the the reboot was that it really um focused on some of the modern day issues we're having like um PTSD and trauma and and you know real victimhood. Um and so it would have been interesting to hear them go into maybe another contemporary issue which is the trust that we have with law enforcement or that some people have with law enforcement yeah. saying like oh well there was all this misinformation the cops didn't know what they were doing it was a small town uh they thought that he was my brother he wasn't they thought they knew this stuff about him they didn't they weren't you know it could have been a storyline like that too that i think actually would have been pretty interesting if we found out we knew less about michael myers than we thought we did I think particularly considering it, I, I do want to remind everyone we're still talking about the original Halloween, not the reboot. Yeah. I'm going to go in anyway. Um, but especially since you had those those two fuckwits that were that were doing the podcast in the reboot. Yeah. <laughs> Who does a podcast? Like those two losers with their microphones and their like pseudo <laughs> their pseudo intellectualism. Like you could have had them walking and going, and wasn't he your brother? And her going, fuck you, no, he wasn't. Like it would have been that easy. Yeah. But, like like you could have done it, and you didn't have to like. It didn't need a like a ton Halloween of two was always meant to be the second half of Halloween. Like like it was a companion yeah. piece. Yeah. Like it wasn't quite as planned out as like The Godfather 2 was or even mm. like Empire Strikes Back. Like no, I don't think anyone was really expecting But again, Halloween those were part of trilogies less than yeah. series. So they were well, Star Wars originally <laughs> was <laughs> was part of a trilogy. originally. Originally. Um 
Yeah, but I I do I do really enjoy that about it. Uh, today we're going to get into some of the specifics about the movie. We're going to talk about things that we love about it, why this movie is so important to us. Um, I actually think it's really interesting, and I I hate to start on a note like this, but I do think it's kind of important. I have heard a lot of people, especially people um, our age or younger, who mm-hmm. talk about Halloween have really strong criticisms of it in that they say that it's not scary or that it's boring. And I know why they're saying those things, but it really breaks my heart. (laughs) I mean, I think what it comes down to is when you look at the genre that Halloween spawned, which is that 80s slasher movie. These are like Halloween is the movie that creates all of the movies that will eventually create things like Scream Mm -hmm. and, and those sort of meta postmodern slasher movies where we're, we're acknowledging and winking at the audience that everyone knows what's coming. Yeah. So like when you're the original, like in 1978, 1978, when this was made, that, that canon didn't exist yet. So all of this was new. Yeah. Like, there, there's something to be said for contextualizing it when it was made. There's also like the the MPAA and like the censorship standards for 1978 versus 2018 are or even massively different. Yeah, L- like, like <laughs> MPA 19 MPAA 1978 yeah. versus MPAA 1988 were totally different. different. And so, I, I think that's a really I think that's a really good point. I think you're right that it really just was so different. You couldn't even compare it. But I also think that the standard for horror has changed so much. People expect the jump scares. They expect the creepy imagery. And it's not to say that Halloween is without that. Halloween has those elements. But I do think they they were done so intelligently in that movie. Um... It's just, a, it, it's like a different beast to me. Well, I mean, and we're going to get into this sort of kind of later on, especially when we're talking about things like cinematography and like like mm-hmm. some so, some of the absolutely beautiful, like jo- John Carpenter is is amazing. Like, like and, mm-hmm. and this is, I think, honestly, John Carpenter's perfect movie. It really is. But like, it's... It sure as hell beats the vampires. Oh my God. <laughs> and the thing. But like, <laughs> but like... God, I'm sorry. I have that scene in Vampires stuck in my head now. Which one? The one where he's like, the one where he's like pretending like he's gonna go down on her and then like bites into the side. Like that's the only thing from that movie oh, that, yeah. that I took away because like the horror. So like, <laughs> like, I mean, I wonder how that stuck with me. Yeah, but, um, I can't imagine. Like, like, yeah, like that shouldn't be scary at all. But um, you know like, what movie? What moment from that movie I always remember is when they like. It's in the very beginning after they like raid the the vampire house and then they yeah. go back to the motel and they're having like a beer orgy. Yeah. And and they're in the motel and and Vlad or whoever the fuck it is shows up and the <laughs> fat guy it. yeah the fat guy like opens the door and the vampire literally just uses his hand mm-hmm. and I don't know if he like cuts him in half or just like sticks it through him but the guy's like oh it's like it's like he it's like he barely touched him, but he still fucking murdered him. And it's like it's, it's such a bizarre. It's also death. like he had beer, not horse tranquilizer. Like there probably be some kind of reaction. But no, it, but he's like is- Orin from Little Shop of Horrors. He's like, are you satisfied? I've laughed myself to. Oh. <laughs> 
But anyway, Halloween was John Carpenter's perfect yes, movie. Yes, Halloween was John Carpenter's <laughs> perfect movie. <laughs> I completely lost where I was going with that before. It doesn't matter. Um, the, the, the point is, like, we're going to get into it later when we talk about some of the cinematography and things. But, like, I, I do still honestly believe that, like, I still get creeped out when I watch Halloween. And I know exactly what's going to happen. Like, I, um, I smoke and you should never smoke. Never, ever smoke. It's terrible smoke. for you. Um, but since my wife does not smoke, I smoke outside. And there have been several times living in my, like, back-ass country, like, <laughs> way the fuck out of the way house where... I will go outside to smoke a cigarette at three in the morning after watching Halloween and I have to turn the fucking porch light on because I cannot be out there in the dark. Oh, I can tell like, you, having <laughs> left your house late at night or even coming back to my apartment because of where my the parking lot for my apartment is, it is creepy. And it, and for that reason, because yeah. I, I remember the Michael Myers talking babysitters and uh, it is, the imagery is so creepy. Like... Just the scene where he's walking across the street after Jamie Lee Curtis towards uh, the house where what's his face is asleep upstairs. And Tommy. The, Tommy. Where, where Tommy is. And, 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 he, and he's like, oh, <laughs> and she's just downstairs. And she's just screaming. And she's just banging <laughs> on the door. Tommy! Like, <laughs> and he's like, <sighs> and the thing is, they keep panning back and it's like watching a shark circle. It's just like, and he's just walking very calmly. And he's just like, like all the time in the world, I'm going to get there. And she is just pounding on that fucking door and she is screaming. There's houses all around. No one is listening to her. Like that is terrifying. Like, like Where were is, her keys? Um, she doesn't have keys to the house because that's the house she's babysitting at, I don't think. But then how, why did she lock the door behind her when she left? I think to, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. You to, know, it's funny. I never thought about this until just this very moment. I think honestly, just because I... I think she was like going across the street and didn't want to leave the house unlocked. With the I mean, I I agree. I think that's a good reason because, to do because it. Laurie Strode is a good babysitter, which is no, which is the point but of this room. If, you, if, if one is going to lock yes. the door behind them, well, I don't one think, should have a key. I, I don't think she was expecting. <laughs> um, I think she also might have dropped them or like like when the, she there fell was over there was the something stairs. like yeah. I'm not really 100 percent sure. I would have to like watch the sequence again. Yeah, but the the point is, it's it's honestly still. I don't think I could. Apart from the opening sequence of Jaws, I honestly don't think that I can tell you that there's there's a part in a movie that scares me more than that scene. The opening sequence of Jaws scares you as, as bad as that scene? Um, the opening sequence of Jaws, I have a hard time watching. Really? Yeah, and I watch that movie like four times a year. But and you know what's funny? <clears throat> sharks, uh, for all of you listening at home, one of my worst, worst fears are sharks. And because of Jaws, I will tell you that. Um, I don't know if it's the opening scene that scares me. As much with Jaws. I mean, it, it definitely is creepy yeah. to me. I don't know if it's it's like that terrifying for me. What is it about th- th- about the? It's scares um, you? it's Susan Backlinney who who plays Chrissy. Watkins. She does do a great job. Um, it's she's just screaming. Yeah, like like it's just there is there is something about all of that improvised dialogue, and she is just getting whipped back and forth across the screen, like, mm-hmm. and you can't see what's happening to her. Yeah. And she is just she she just sold it for all it was worth, and she did an amazing <laughs> job. But like, it's like I I don't know what it is about it. I think it's the fact that you can't see what's happening. Yeah, I, I, get I think that. you're you're only seeing the product, not the process. Mm. So it's like you can't desensitize to it, and it's just there's that piercing screaming. Yeah, that it just it scares me every time. Do you know what imagery does it for me 
every time in that movie. Not to go on too big a tangent. <laughs> This, it's this, uh, this podcast goes tangents. on tangents. Uh, <laughs> it's the scene when you know when Michael and his friends are in the pond, and there's that yeah. guy who's like, "Hey, you need yeah. help over there?" You and guys then he gets okay over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? Hole uh, in the sheep. <laughs> I, I can also um, probably recite that movie from memory. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> probably can. Yeah. Uh, when he when that guy gets knocked in the water and you see the shark, yeah. it's the, first, the time first time you time see. You see it. Yeah, it's the yeah. first time you see the shark at all. Yeah, but it's also like because the shot is from so far away and the shot is from above the water, but you're seeing the shark under the water. Mm-hmm. It was like just blurry enough yeah. that like that weird seventies animatronic shark actually looked kind of real for well, a second. Well, it looks real, and it's also like you can't get an idea of just how big it is. Yeah, like like you can't really see most of it. You kind of just see mouth. Yeah, and like like and yeah. it's terrifying. And it it is like that to me is like one of the moments where I was like, ooh, this looks a little too realistic. <laughs> it creeps me so out. So we're going to do a Jaws episode. Yeah, episode. at some point, <laughs> girl, you know. At, at which point I will be speaking for about 45 minutes of that podcast because I love that movie so much. I, but I, I do love Jaws desperately. David makes fun of me all the time. He's like, you watch Jaws like six times a day. I'm like, I can't <laughs> help it. It scares me. One of my favorite quotes from that whole movie is when uh, when they catch the tiger shark and Quint is on the the oh, I dock. I can't even. I can't even. And the guys, the guys are there. They're all butch. And the one like big guy is like, oh, I don't know what this is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tiger shark. shark. And then and then Quint goes, <laughs> or not Quint, uh, Hooper, Hooper yeah. goes, uh, it's a tiger shark. And the big butch guy turns around and goes, oh what? It's so funny. Like, there's such a distinct <laughs> difference in his voice. He goes from, I don't know what kind of shark this is. It's like they went down to P-Town, like, recruited a drag queen to do this part, and she just <laughs> forgot herself for a second. And then, because in the next scene, it's like, what's this bite radius crap? And he goes back to being, like, a toughie guy. Oh, I know. Like, so somebody looked at her and went, like, girl, you... <laughs> butch it up, Like, like butch it up. <laughs> 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 like, like, that's the fish. You can't be the fish. The fish is next to you. Just, yeah, like, exactly. just, just like, like, bring it back. So back to Halloween. Excuse me. Michael Myers, who in many ways resembles the shark from Jaws. You know, it's interesting. (laughs) uh, There are actually, I think, some parallels. I think there are. I never thought about it before. No, there there definitely are. I mean, I think it's... The blood particu- and water situation, particularly like the, the 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 you know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes thing. Like, like that's what the <laughs> yeah. ma- that's what the mask is it's for. It's true. It's like you really there is no expression on Michael's face ever, and that's kind of like there's a reason he's called the shape. Yeah, you know, like and it's it's that kind of like Jason kind of has a personality. Freddy Krueger has some would argue an excessive personality. They're like tone it down, Queen. <laughs> they're like. Freddie, let let someone else talk. That guy from Jaws plays Freddie. (laughs) (laughs) But like, Mike has no personality. Like, like he is an empty vessel. He is just completely blank, which Dr. Loomis says several times. Yeah. Dr. (laughs) Loomis. (laughs) Dr. Loomis is the funniest part of that whole movie. Donald Pleasance is amazing, and I love him so much. I just imagine, I want someone to make like an SNL sketch where it's like Dr. Loomis goes to Starbucks and everyone's in line. They're like, what should we get? A macchiato? He's like, there's no time. We have to get an Americano. It's lifeless. It's evil. Decaf has come to your sleepy little town. (laughs) You don't know what evil is. I met it. I met it 15 years ago. And they're like, do you want skin? 
What do you want? Soy milk? (laughs) Almond milk. Haven't you been listening? (laughs) It'll kill us all. (laughs) Like, that's just his whole bit. Hey, hey, you. Get your ass out of there. And they're like, I could never, oh my God, I always forget that scene is coming. And then when I see it, like for those of you who don't know what's talk, what we're talking about, when Dr. Loomis is hiding inside the Myers house and he's scaring away the no, kids. No, no, he's in the bushes next to the Myers house. Is he in the, the bushes house. or is he in the He's house? in the bushes okay. because the kids are yeah. going up okay. to the Myers house right. yeah. to, to like, they, they're like, ooh, it's the Myers house. And he's like, hey, hey, you. I think he actually calls him by name because <clears> he, he does. And I can't remember like, the kids. It's like, hey, Billy, get your ass out. Because they're like, hey, Billy, go up there and get to the Myers house. He's like, I'm going and he's like, hey, hey, Billy, get your ass out of there. Yeah, and he like really over enunciates. <laughs> yeah, in, in like the British accent. It's like, it's like, why is this demon so so polite? It's also just get like, your ass out of like, there. Like, can you imagine like Pennywise is in the storm drain? Like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Georgie, do you want a balloon? <laughs> Would you prefer a red or a blue? (laughs) Donald Pleasance is anyone. If it's not too much of a bother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I would actually pay good money to see Donald Pleasance pay, pay, play Pennywise. Ooh, I, think, was, I, think, I think he would have done a tongue twister. Job. Donald Pleasance, Pleasance playing play Pennywise. Pennywise. Oh, I can't even do that twice, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's start at the very beginning of. Okay. of the whole Halloween saga, now that we're so far into this oh, wow. discussion. Um, one of my favorite things about Halloween is, like you said earlier, it is literally the blueprint for modern-day slasher horror. Yes, this is the one that started it. Like for, Exactly. I mean, there were movies before it, like Psycho and Black Christmas, that that were technically slasher-esque, but this created a whole new Psycho, sub-genre. Psycho, I would argue, is more of a thriller. Like, like, yeah, and, I would too. And a thriller is just a slasher movie that, like, got really good SAT scores and went to Yale. But, like... <laughs> it's but, the like, Pete Buttigieg but, but, slashers. Like, but, like, this one is very much like, 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 Psycho, you know, Psycho went to Yale, Halloween went to Rutgers. And yeah, like, like, <laughs> to county college. <laughs> I would argue like Friday Friday the thirteenth is county college. Like like, like Halloween, oh, there's right. there's still yeah. some there's there's some there's some intellectual there's some like filmmaking integrity in, in Halloween that Friday just doesn't have going for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean arguably. <laughs> it, but the beauty of it is that it really did set up so much for the other movies. It was like John Carpenter is basically the godfather of of modern day slasher horror. Yes, um, I would. Wes Craven as well. I, I would say I would say Wes Craven is is a bit different though. Wes Craven tended to focus more on supernatural horror than he did on slasher movies. Which is so funny. It's so funny to me that Scream was pro- arguably one of his m- most successful franchises. I mean, I will still always when I think of Wes Craven, like what I'm going to think nightmare. of is Nightmare. Yeah, but like. You also have Wes Craven does Wishmaster. He does um, mm. a number of other things. I always in, forget in, about in, Wishmaster in the eighties and nineties that are, that are more supernaturally geared. Yeah. than they are towards slashers. So I I would argue John John Carpenter, even though he only ever really made like two slasher movies, mm. managed to be Wait, like what was my his, what slasher was his guy. Second Halloween two. 
Because he, he only he, did Halloween? I don't think he did another slasher movie. I mean, I know he did The Thing and he did Vampires. And yeah, no, he, he <clears> kind <throat> of veered off into like, he, he went a little more sci-fi. He went a little more like yeah, aliens. Yeah, he did. He, he, and then he kind of got into doing sort of the, um, he kind of got more into like Monster Fair than he did, um, than he did staying with serial killers. Like I. Yeah, he was always, and you know, what's interesting. I can see why that would be based on Halloween because Michael really is almost a monster flick. It's like, I mean, at, at its core, it is, it is a slasher man versus whatever, but it's really evil versus whatever. Because that's the thing. It's like, there's nothing human about Michael. Exactly. Which is what Donald says, what Donald Pleasant says over and over again. There's over n- and over. There's and nothing, over and over. there's nothing human about Michael Myers. Yeah. At this point. So like, it doesn't feel like a serial killer movie. It mm. feels like a monster movie. And it's, yeah. it's a really good, which I think is the difference between a slasher movie and, and a serial killer movie. <laughs> is <laughs> like a slasher movie should feel like a monster movie. A serial killer movie feels like, like CSI. So it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, I think what it comes down to is any good slasher movie should feel like a monster movie. Just, it has a human monster. I, I think that's, I think that's fair. And this movie definitely does feel that way. If it, it has elements of like, especially when, once the chase really begins, yeah, that is once all of Lori's friends are dead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> once he's set up the the corpse gauntlet, uh, it, Mike just running up and down the stairs carrying people like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the breathing um, all heavy in that mask. Just <laughs> <laughs> he's like Leslie Vernon. He sounds <laughs> like he sa- he sounds like Darth fucking Vader when like when you're when they're doing the shots where it's just him in the mask. him in the mask. It's yeah. just that, and it's all over the sound drive. So it's dun, 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 dun. It's like you just keep expecting him to be, to be like, Lori, I am your brother, but they will say we're not later. It's 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 like, like you're expecting him to just come out with the fucking James Earl Jones voice and it never happens. But It would be interesting. I would be very interested to know what Michael's voice sounds like. And I hope we never find out, but I would be yeah. interested to know. No, I, I mean, it's one of those things. I think it would be kind of hilarious if he had like, like a really high pitched voice, and that's why you never <laughs> he's talk. like Mike Tyson. <laughs> I hate you, Laurie. <laughs> oh, like, that's right, bitch. Get in the car. <laughs> Don't look in the rear view. Don't look back here. Don't look. Back. Oh, I got you, bitch. Now I got you now. <laughs> he this sounds like. <laughs> he sounds like what's his name from <laughs> Family, Family Guy. guy. I'm, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> get in the fucking car. <laughs> See, I was going for Jasper, and you went for Herbert. So we both went for yeah. I went for like, Herbert, weird, like <laughs> vaguely gay guys from Family Guy. <laughs> Somebody get me Laurie Stroh. <laughs> oh goodness! What the hell were we talking about? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, that Michael's voice should be really funnily high. No, um, it was one of those. Like I remember again when we went to go see the reboot because we're talking about the reboot again. Um, it always comes back in, to the in, the, in the beginning when that stupid motherfucker is holding the mask up and just shouting at Michael for, for him to say something. Like me sitting here going, don't you fucking dare, John. I know you won't, but don't you fucking dare. Like, like, like don't you dare let him speak. Um, because like that, that was one thing about the reboot that I actually didn't like was the, the amount of time we saw Michael without his mask on. 
I do agree with that, actually. Uh, well, yes, because but I, he just I, looks like he just looks like some old dude who's like mowing the lawn down the street, you know? Like, like he's just, he's got like the white hair and the beard, like he's got like facial hair. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I do agree with that, but I also, again, it comes back to like as much as this thing is like a little bit unsatisfying. Yeah. I I get why they did it because it was to, uh, at least I think in my opinion, it was to sort of humanize him again because yeah. we had had so much craziness with the sequels yes. in dehumanizing Michael Myers that Looking it was like... you, number three. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Resurrection. Resurrection. Get the hell out Resurrection. of here. Resurrection like, <laughs> was out before they said it was out. It was it like, really we were was. like, no, 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 like- no, 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 no. <laughs> Busta Rhymes, thank you. But no. I mean, Busta Rhymes was fine. That wasn't the bad part of Resurrection, actually. It was really, like, honestly, I can't even tell you what's wrong with Resurrection past the first five minutes. Because what's wrong with Resurrection is that they killed Laurie fucking Strode. Oh, yeah. Like, 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 you don't kill Laurie Strode. You can't do it. And I get why. Unless it is the absolute final one and you are never making another. And that was the thing. I think they really thought that that was going to be the case because it was just after H2O and I'm sure Jamie Lee was like, no, You kill her at the end, not in the first five minutes, like where she doesn't even have time to like do anything. It's it's like, it it was so fucking stupid. I'm so glad they retconned that out. I know. Thank God. But like. (laughs) It really was so disappointing because it's like that happens and you're like. Well, why am I watching the rest of this movie? Yeah, like what 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 the fuck is the point? <laughs> like, there isn't one because nobody wants to watch a Halloween movie. I don't want to say no one wants to watch a Halloween movie without Laurie Strode, but no one wants to watch a Halloween movie where we know Laurie Strode is dead. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not here for that. Like like numbers four, five, and I think six. Yeah, uh, no, I think I've got the numbers right there. Because Resurrection was eight, which means H2O was seven. I don't think she was in three either. No, she wasn't in three. She wasn't in three, four, four five, five, or six. Or but, six. But three doesn't exist, so we're skipping three. <laughs> um, <laughs> Season of the Witch was an absolutely terrible movie, and it was it was just, oh, oh my God, it was so bad. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I was like, like, how do you start off a series with two excellent movies? And then, and then tank just- it immediately. <laughs> And the answer is you get rid of John Carpenter because John Carpenter didn't direct number three. I know. But, um, like, I mean, and it's weird because usually they wait for five. Like, like number five five is is usually, like, that's the killing floor on any horror franchise is is number five. That may be the only reason. That Screen 5 hasn't come out yet. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, that might be the only reason I'm glad there's no Screen 5 because now we know they can't fuck it up. They can't fuck it up. I mean, they they did it on 3 too, though. They pulled a Halloween. Screen 3 is not that great. I know. Well, like, it's not. It's it's not. It's not like this never happened bad, but it's not good. It's not good. (laughs) But I will say it is. it's still, like, enjoyable simply because it is characters we love doing things we love them to Sidney do. Sidney Prescott still gets to kick the shit out of a guy in the last 10 minutes. Literally. Which is and, really and what that's, I want. That's all we've yeah. been waiting for. <laughs> like, I really just want Sidney Prescott to kick someone out. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say there are a lot of... There are a lot of redeeming qualities in 3, <laughs> namely Parker Posey. But... Uh, <laughs> almost entirely Almost Parker entirely <laughs> Parker Posey. Um, there are... A lot of flaws. <laughs> Sydney, <laughs> come here. Mother to wants to yeah. talk to you. <laughs> Don't you think at some point Wes Craven was like, "My God, why did we pull this headshot out of the stack?" 
<laughs> I feel so bad. This is like the third episode I know, we've made fun of this woman, poor woman. This poor woman. I, I apologize. <laughs> I shouldn't have even made that joke. It was so rude. It was so mean. But I, it really but we'll is like. we'll never stop making it. No, I can't. Um, I can't. <laughs> you can't. I can't. Because I have to tell you, it is literally one of the most like laughable line readings I've ever heard in my entire life. Speaking of like weird, like before the title card victims. Can can we talk a little bit about Judith Myers for a second? <laughs> like, oh, oh, it's also like oh. he's looking at his hands stabbing down. Stabbing. Like he's looking at the knife, not at her, and she's still screaming. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, like, I don't understand. And they're like, yeah, no, he like gutted her. And like the, the camera pans down. There's no blood. I know like, there's like one drop of blood on her like, left nipple. Like, and you're like, what? <laughs> Where like, did he her stab her? Her tits are still perfect. <laughs> like, like there is nothing. <laughs> Poor Judith. But she just turns around, sees this, like, her little freaky brother in a clown mask with a knife and just got Michael! And then, <laughs> bam, 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 bam! <laughs> it's just like, she's not even really screaming. It's like, it's it's like porn moaning. Like, it's just, I it's know. Just like, 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 she's not, like, this does not sound like someone's dying. <laughs> she sounds like Madame Mim. She's like, <laughs> And also, I you have to feel bad for Judith because <laughs> her last moments, like, from the last 10 minutes of her life are yeah. arguably, like, fucking terrible. Her boyfriend was a minute man. Yeah, seriously. Uh, like, literally, it's not even like she had good sex and then died. Literally, Michael watches them walk upstairs from yeah. the window out front, walks Goes around the back, a knife, grabs a knife, and, and the, the guy's already on his say, way I downstairs. Say, by the time he has that knife, he's turned around and <laughs> this guy's already like pulling his pants up like, I am His pants were best. on. He was putting his shirt like, on. <laughs> this guy's like, I know how to please lay. Meanwhile, I was you, like, what'd you do? Just rub bellies? Like, like, seriously, <laughs> like, like, like you like, I, I don't know what the fuck you did. You did some like weird DJ move over your shit and just came all over everything. Like I don't think you even touched her. Like, 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 I don't know. Like Judith had her shirt halfway off and this guy had shot already. Like, <laughs> like, so she's like, well, as long as I have my shirt off, I guess I'll sit at this vanity naked and brush my hair. <laughs> like, so tonight's not One, a total loss. Two, <laughs> <laughs> she's like Jan Brady. That's what she says. She is like Jan Brady. <laughs> Michael kills her with a football. Um, and then my favorite thing about this is like he walks downstairs. He's got the knife in his hand, and then like his parents walk up to him and just, Michael and take the mask, but not the knife. Not the knife. He's like, like he's, <laughs> and then they all stand there. Like, could you imagine being the cop that pulls up and the family's just standing there frozen on the lawn? Right. Like, <laughs> While you watch the camera do the long pan out. Literally. He's like, <laughs> he's like what's going on? Because that starts playing in the background. No one knows where it's coming from. It's like blaring over a loud speaker from town hall. It's <laughs> Everyone's like, what is that noise? Um, that is honestly, I think, the best horror movie score ever composed. Like, 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 the Halloween theme is amazing. The Halloween theme is absolutely amazing. And I think that that is the beauty of it, is that everything on this movie was so slapdash. I really think that there is magic that happens in that. Because you look at movies like Jaws, you look at movies like Halloween, when they had no budget, yeah. they had no resources, they just had to do the best with whatever the fuck they could get their hands I think on. I, I would have to look it up. I want to say Halloween had a budget of like $30,000. I mean, it was like next to nothing, but it was the same thing with Jaws. And Steven Spielberg is so inspiring to me that way in, in terms of his direction style. And it's the same thing with people like John Carpenter. It's like, well, 
I know what I want. Now I just have to figure out how to make it happen. $325,000. And that's what That's what that movie was made for. Yeah. Which is nothing. Nothing. Even in the 70s. Um, The score is amazing. The score is amazing. And, you know, that is really what makes Halloween so interesting is... The way John Carpenter just pulled something out of nothing. It's like the the score he did himself on a keyboard. The the they were filming in Southern California, so like they you can ha- see palm trees and stuff. You in the can background. see palm trees. Yeah. But like <laughs> even the detail of like them hand painting paper leaves yeah. to make it look like Haddonfield <clears throat> is in that was Illinois. that was two hundred thousand dollars of that three hundred twenty. Literally, he <laughs> <laughs> was paying a bunch of in- in- interns to hand paint to leaves. hand paint paper leaves, <laughs> and they had to collect them because they every time they had to collect them after every shot yep. because they had to use them again in in the future scenes. And it's so it it, it just makes you appreciate the movie so much more for its artistry because everyone was committed to making this really great movie for nothing. You know what I mean? For, for almost nothing. You Next know? to nothing, <laughs> like, yeah. And I, it made the careers of so many people. I, I still think it's it's kind of hilarious that this is this is basically Jamie Lee Curtis's first movie. It might actually be her first movie. I do think but, um, it is. If it's not her first, it's like It's her like maybe second. second or third. Yeah. Like at a, at a maximum. She was but a like, nobody before I this. know. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, I I know that this gets talked about all the time, but just in case anyone listening to this doesn't know this, I think my favorite piece of Halloween trivia is that Jamie Lee Curtis's mother is Janet Lee, who is mm-hmm. famously the person who dies in the shower scene in Psycho. Yeah. So like, like like there's just that little bit of like beautiful horror movie symmetry that symmetry that happens that I love. And that is a, a really interesting part of Halloween H two O is yeah. that her secretary is played, is played by, by Janet, Janet Lee, Lee, her mother, and <clears throat> there's that line about everyone's entitled. It's Halloween. Everyone's it's entitled, entitled to a good, good one scare. good scare. Yeah. Uh, and you know that I think I think Halloween H two O was the best Halloween movie made in the nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy. I'll buy that. I mean, if for no other reason than the return of Jamie Lee, the return the of Jamie Lee. So. I think the cinematography was. Um, kind of, it, it was very much an homage to the original in the way it was shot. Michael felt like Michael again. He did. There was he the, felt slightly less indestructible. Yeah, than he had. yeah. The scares were genuine. <laughs> it was the story was solid. Like it, it was back to the. You also like managed to like care about the victims again for the first time in like four movies. Exactly. Yeah, and that uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves and talk about all the sequels, but uh. That was the big difference between yeah. H2O and Resurrection. <clears throat> and I think the important thing to remember when you watch something like H2O is just how influential the original was in creating these characters that are so likable to the fandom. Yes. And like we, we've talked about this before when we talk about slasher movies, but like Halloween and Scream are the only two series really that have a recurring final girl. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which means apart from the sequels where, where Jamie Lee isn't in them, <laughs> like you're never rooting for Michael. Like, yeah. or you shouldn't be. If you are, <laughs> then you've, you've missed the point. I do but think like, there are <laughs> certain moments where like the kills are enjoyable. Oh yeah. No, they're, they're enjoyable, but you never want him to, you never want him to kill Lori. No, like, like I've, no, I've no, never no. met anyone who was like, you know, it would really help Halloween if, if Michael killed If Lori Michael Scott. caught her. Like, because then it's it's like Tom and Jerry. If Tom ever eats Jerry, 
the cartoon is over. Like, yeah. like there's there's no point. There's no Jerry too. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't we don't just bring out a new hotter mouse and put him out in front of the cat. But like, when you look at Friday the Thirteenth, when you look at Nightmare on Elm Street, when you look at Candyman, like, you might have them come back once, maybe mm-hmm. twice, but like, you really don't have that recurring main character. Which means by number three, you're rooting for Jason. Even Friday the Thirteenth. They did have some recurring final people. Um, they had Tommy Jarvis, who is Tommy. actually the only known <clears throat> instance I'm aware of of a final boy. Jason Voorhees is the only person who has a recurring final man. Well, there was one. Fi- there was one final boy in Nightmare Two. Yes, <laughs> but he was not recurring. <laughs> he wasn't recurring no. <laughs> because they were like, "Oh shit, we made this too gay. We oh. gotta go back." <laughs> Oops. I'm very excited to talk about that movie one I, day. I know we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do nightmare. <laughs> like we might do nightmare two before we do, we do nightmare. nightmare one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so we're good. gonna talk about the gayest slasher movie. We're gonna talk about nightmare two. Oh goodness. <laughs> I I do think I think that's an interesting point that there is never really a recurring final girl quite the way there is with Laurie Strode. And I think what makes it so interesting is that. Lori's relationship with Michael is what makes it is why is why she's so necessary. It's why she keeps there's, coming back. There's actual tension there. It's exactly. it's not like it's not like your 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 usual slasher final chase where it's just is he going to get her? It's is she going to outsmart him? Mm-hmm. We know that she's capable of outsmarting him. And she has to outsmart him because to. he's too strong for yeah, her to she's not just gonna, she's him. not going to outrun him. She's not going to get him. She she's she's not going to just, you know, hit him over the head with something and run away. Yeah. Like it's the sitting on the couch with the knitting needle like like, like it's it's the it's the hiding in the closet and waiting. Like it's it's the traps she sets for him that make Lori fun. Exactly. And the knitting needle is one of the like creepiest things in oh, the world. Oh, it's amazing. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's what makes Michael so scary is that it's like, well, if she fucks up even one time, yeah. she's done. It's it's actually it's interesting because we're recording this in the middle of Shark Week and I actually heard a really good quote on Shark Week that's applicable to this. I heard. <laughs> um it's <laughs> they're playing a game. Michael can make hundreds of mistakes. Lori can only make one. Yeah. Like, and that is really interesting. Like, <laughs> Was that in reference to a seal it, it, versus it, it a was, shark? It was great white versus seal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was an amazing quote. I thought that was actually really interesting. It's like, damn, I never thought of it that way before. I'm having like an yeah. existential crisis over Shark Week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, but it, it really is true. I mean, in this case, Lori is the seal and yeah. Michael is clearly the great white. And if she ever fucks up even for a little bit, that's it. That's it. She's done. And that's why that scene in Halloween two with the elevator. I know I talk about this all the fucking time. You can tell I me know, to shut up, fine. but it really <laughs> is like one of the scariest sequences for me in any horror film, in any horror franchise. It really is just one of those like tension building moments that is like, Oh fuck. Cause everyone I, I shouldn't say everyone. Anyone who's like me and has crazy social anxiety <laughs> has ever has probably come home to their apartment building at some point and like been looking for their keys or been waiting for an elevator and wondered what would I do right now if someone was approaching me. I have that moment on my back porch all the time when like 
I'm trying to open the back door to get inside and I have a moment where I'm like, shit, did I lock myself out? Mm-hmm. Because for those of you who have not been on my back porch, your back <laughs> is to like basically just, just this huge void of space and dark behind you. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's, just, very, it's very creepy. creepy and, like, <laughs> and it actually looks a little like Haddonfield. So it's, it's, it does. It, it's very like small town, lots of trees, lots yeah, of woods, like lots, lots of places of for people to hide. Like you like live next not, to a guy who has like a farm ass looking. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like, like I, I live next to a guy with like a rundown barn who, who yeah. like, if I did not know he was like the nicest human being on the planet, I would think he was a serial killer. So, like, especially because he's out there at like well, odd has, fucking hours of the night. He's an older gentleman. He has insomnia. He likes to work in his wood shop at four in the morning. But yeah, no. If I didn't know he was a he was a sweetheart, I would probably think he was a serial killer. <laughs> but um, if for no other reason than I've watched way too many fucking true crime documentaries to not be like. I know one day you're gonna go Why into you got his house and find his farm. like yeah. One day you're gonna <laughs> one, one day you're gonna go into his house and find like his necklace made of teeth. I mean, I'm not going. I have no intention of going into his house really at all ever. But that's, <laughs> that's not, because I've seen these movies. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, no, like there there have been a handful of times where I'm like, if I locked myself out, it's over for me. There's like, somebody there's somebody behind that garage. Like, I'll no, have a heart attack is. before they even get here. I'll fucking die. Like, I'll just fucking die. There might not be anyone there. It happens to me all the time <laughs> because when I'm coming home and. Uh, I'm a drag queen. I come home at like three, four, five in the morning. And when I'm getting to my building and like, it's a long walk from my, I, I, I'm literally giving a serial killer oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the way to kill me. <laughs> like my address is this. This I is know. when I come I home. Like, this is what kind of car I drive. I was this like literally short of telling them where yeah. I live. I'm telling people how to kill me. Um, it's a long walk from my car to my door. And then when I get to my door, I mean, I do have, our building has like these keyed entrances that are more like fobs than keys. But it's always like you have to stick it in for like a second longer than is comfortable for it to yeah. like unlock. And then uh, the door, to, I, it, it, it's it's so creepy. It's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy uh, because my biggest fear, having watched all of these horror franchises, especially Halloween, is the killer following me yeah. and like, Me making the mad dash for the elevator that won't be there when I get there, and he's going to be able to take his sweet time Mm -hmm. butchering my fat ass. (laughs) (laughs) I used to like – I worked as a security guard for a little while, and um, Mm -hmm. I worked third shift, which meant overnight. So it was midnight to (laughs) eight in the morning. So much fun. Um, and like I had to patrol like outside the building, and, and like like I Which, you are the first person I dead have, in any horror movie. In any horror movie, <laughs> um, like like there is literally like being a security guard is just being the bastard child of law enforcement and a babysitter, which means you are dead within five minutes. Yeah, you are the like, prime target. Like you are just you are a red shirt on the Enterprise. Like you have no <laughs> fucking chance. A red shirt, but like, <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, there were there were a number of times, particularly since I was like, I'd be walking through like a big parking lot and like there there'd be like these big circles of light where the fucking like streetlights were, and all I could think of was Halloween. Like that was all I could think of. Like I have never been more afraid of Michael Myers than when I was outside walking around in October, <laughs> like at three in the morning with no one else around. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. Like one. I was absolutely terrified. I don't have it in me to be a security guard simply because of the. Amount I would of time never I'd... do it again. I don't blame you because if for no other reason than the amount of time I have spent watching horror movies, like, I just, my imagination is far too vivid to have a job like that. You're looking at me, like, funny. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, I'm I'm just saying, 
Uh, I picked up a second <clears throat> Red Bull and moved it closer to me, and I think he had a moment where he's like, she's going to have a heart attack in this chair. Talking it's not like, even the heart attack. It's the fine. fact that it's the tangerine, and I'm waiting for you to become passive-aggressive Okay, again. the tangerine <laughs> Red Bull does not actually make me passive-aggressive. Just, you it just really wait. Doesn't. The second half of this podcast, she's going to be so snarky. That's not true. <laughs> I, I, The joke is that the cranberry Red Bull makes me funny. The tangerine Red Bull makes me passive-aggressive. <laughs> this so, is like so, your, your own personal so, nature. So if you're listening to this and would like me to be bitchier... You can forward Tangerine Red Bull. Just say Tangerine. <laughs> tangerine, Tangerine, Tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Michael that is so scary to you? He's unstoppable. He just he just keeps coming. There's, there's nothing you can do to make him stop. I think that's why Jason is so scary too. Oh, yeah. No, it's kind of all of them. Really everyone but Freddy. Um, yeah, Freddy always <laughs> seems like stoppable. Well, because because Freddie, you can just get him talking for a minute, and he's just he's gonna be up there doing a stand up act, and you can get away. <laughs> I know he's so like Jerry like, Seinfeld. You know, it's like if you start the set, of, it's it's a little he's like, like nice it's, with it's, fingers. It's, it's like what is a shave and a haircut, <laughs> <laughs> and you're running out the door, like, <laughs> like because Freddy Krueger is a cartoon character. But like, <laughs> <laughs> That's all they needed. They needed the dip. Somebody, the dip, so somebody, the dip. somebody get Nancy the dip and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> They're just put, lowering Freddy's gl- glove into the dip. It's screaming like the shoe. Just like, <laughs> when I killed your brother, I talked <laughs> just like this. <laughs> There's something so wrong with Christopher Lloyd. Like, I don't even know. It's so perfect, though. It's exactly what you want to be wrong with Christopher Lloyd. No, no, it's perfect, but there's something wrong with Christopher Lloyd. Oh, clearly. Clearly. (laughs) But back to Halloween. Yeah, back to Halloween. How many times in one episode can we be like, well, back to the topic. I I think the the, the problem is, and this is how I'm going to justify it, is, is Halloween... Is this pop cultural touchstone that like every, every literally anything you can relate back to? <laughs> like, I know, and that's the problem because it really is. It's like we were saying; it just everything ties back to Halloween eventually. at some point. Eventually, the only you, thing you don't that even need is Jaws because it came first. <laughs> you you don't even really you can actually do Kevin Bacon because Kevin Bacon was of course in Friday the Thirteenth, which was directly a ripoff of Halloween. Mm. Like I have no problem. Like like even the producers of Friday the Thirteenth admit it. It's like the whole reason Friday the Thirteenth was made was to try to piggyback off of how successful Halloween was. A masked serial killer who is unstoppable and doesn't talk. Right. <laughs> how strange. And goes after poorly supervised teenagers who are supposed to be watching children. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> how strange. This bears no resemblance. It's, like, it's a camp. It's completely different. <laughs> it's in the middle of the woods. It's it's so different. It's in New Jersey. And they changed Donald Pleasance into Crazy Ralph from town. It's got a death curse on it. You know, it's, it's like, <laughs> and who Ralph. also somehow has kind of a British accent while he's riding his hobo bike through Camp It's Camp Blood. It has a death curse. It's just that's all he says for like two minutes. It's got a death curse on it. Like that's all he says. <laughs> crazy Ralph. This Crazy Ralph. He, and he dies in number two. Does he? In, in like an impossible, like, like everybody thinks. Wait, what's, what, remind me, how does he die? Um, Crazy Ralph gets strangled. He, his back's like up against a tree and he gets strangled around the tree with like, I think it's a chain. I don't think Oh, it's because the hands come yeah, down. Yeah, but the hands come straight down. So everyone for a long time was like, 
Jason just reached over. <laughs> like Jason did like Air Jordan to the top of that thing came down. And He's like a like, wacky waving inflatable like, flailing tube man. And I'm sitting here going like, I mean, Crazy Ralph's kind of tall, but Jason's really big. Like I'm sure it was more of a like swing around and then down kind of yeah. thing. But he did it so far above Ralph's head that it very much looks like he's like lumberjacking it down this tree. <laughs> like, like, that reminds me, and this is going to be so irrelevant for so many people. Bob and I, our brother Bob and I watched uh, Survivor together. And there was a girl on one season who was like freakishly tall. Like this girl <laughs> is so tall. And we just used to joke all the time about how like anytime there was like a challenge on Survivor that was like, uh, you have to start at this platform in the ocean and swim to shore. All you'd see all the contestants like swimming to the mm-hmm. shore, and you just see this girl like walking through the water, <laughs> like in like thirty feet of water. She's it's still like it doesn't come to her knees. She'd like walk over. They had to drop something in in a hoop. She'd pick it up and like put it down. It was it was this girl was so tall. She's uh, maybe, picking up the other contestants. <laughs> literally, <laughs> I pick things up and put them down. <laughs> And, and sh- she must have been playing Jason in oh part God. two. <laughs> that must have been what it was. It's like Andre the Giant. Just like, <laughs> just like pulling the chain down. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> um, <laughs> Ralph just, it's got a death curve. <laughs> He's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. He's like, we got it. It has a death curve. We got it. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, speaking of uh, nothing we've been talking about. Yeah, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, I don't know what the fuck we were talking about 10 minutes ago, yeah. Yeah, who knows anymore? I mean, I really. we, we would literally have to stop and go back and listen. I think the beauty of, of Halloween, like we said, mm-hmm. is Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yes. Literally, the beauty. Literally the beauty, and but also <laughs> figuratively, because Lo- I think the the most perfect thing about Lori. Although Annie's cute, yeah, and you know what? Until she opens her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say though, I was always so sad that Annie died. Oh no, Annie was my favorite. It's just like she was obnoxious. Like she's a brat. But like, I love like, that about her. Oh no, I love it too. It's the same reason you love Tatum and Scream. Mm. But like. <laughs> Hey, jerk, speed kills. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Laurie, it's your boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when she walks behind, like, 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 they see Michael, he goes behind the bush, and Annie, like, is not having it. Just, like, <laughs> like power stomps her way to that fucking bush. Like, she is going to take this dude down if she has to. Where a guy in a blue romper and a and fucking a mask, mask <laughs> just walked back there. I would have been like, all right, you have fun over there. I'm going to walk this way. And Lori is standing 10 feet away because Lori's the smart one. I know. Unfortunately. <laughs> but you can tell where Annie gets her intelligence when you meet her father. <laughs> That guy is Sheriff dumb Rocket. as a bag of hair. That guy is a fucking <laughs> idiot. They're like, what's the matter? He's like, I don't know. Someone broke into the hardware store. They're like, well, what happened? He's like, it must be some kids. They're like, well, how do you know? He's like, I don't know. All they stole was some rope, a mask, and a knife. And you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you're well, like, Sheriff Brackett, what are you talking They took a flamethrower, the anarchist cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> and 17 nuclear missiles. <laughs> Must be some Just kids. kids. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> what? The worst sheriff ever. Uh, Na- name one. 
You can't. I because can. Sheriff Brackett is a fucking moron. If he had Nancy's just, dad a nightmare is pretty bad. Yeah, he's I mean, he's dumb, but it, like, at, at least at, there's like kind of an explanation. Yeah, for but it. like at least in Halloween, like once once Loomis gets there and goes, It's coming! Like, <laughs> like Sheriff Brackett does do something. Like, 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 I hope, I hope. <laughs> Like if Donald Pleasance had been in Nightmare, Freddie would have gotten caught in ten minutes. I hope Dr. Like, Loomis says that in bed too. It's coming. <laughs> his wife said they're like, Sam, you need to stop calling me it. <laughs> It's so stupid. Dr. Loomis is the best Ahab ever. He really is. He is the best Ahab ever because. And Michael's the best white whale. I know, I know. Except for maybe at first. (laughs) And if you think I'm cutting that, you're wrong. (laughs) If you think they heard it, (laughs) I will blow it up in post. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I think Dr. Loomis... Dr. Loomis is, like, unintentionally the comedic relief. He, he is, Annie I, is the, like, intended comedic relief, well, and Dr. No. Loomis is the comedic well, relief. Well, no, blonde bimbo number two is supposed to be the comedic relief. I don't even remember her name. I, I want to say it's Brenda or Barbara. The one that gets strangled with the phone cord? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I can't like, even remember her name if I'm being... Her or her boyfriend. Because who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although he has his death has one of the most iconic images from. Oh the movie. no, his death is amazing. But like, I don't remember his fucking. Also, like, I just have a really hard time buying him as like Mr. Casanova. Like, like first of all, he wears like he wears like old math teacher glasses. He looks like, like Matthew McConaughey. Like- <laughs> But like but without like, the good looks. But it's like they have the sex scene. He just kind of flops over. They've <laughs> they've dabbed like four artful droplets of sweat onto his hairless chest, <laughs> and like he puts his glasses back on and lights a cigarette, and then is like, and then she like pussy whips him into going and getting a beer, and, like, <laughs> and it's like, and it's a little like, yeah, that sex lasted all of thirty seconds. Like, everyone like, in this movie, <laughs> their sex is the fastest sex you've like, ever every seen. Every one of these girls is a virgin because because the guy never makes it to insertion. Like, like it's, just, <laughs> it's just, like, just like comes out instant climax. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Lewis. <Lippin. laughs> that is going to be my only takeaway from this entire episode. For the I think, rest of this I think podcast, that has to be the title of this episode. It's <laughs> For the rest of this series, however many episodes we produce of this podcast, I am going to find a way to insert the phrase, oh it's coming. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh um, let's see, what else in terms of actual plot? I know. Now we um, have, I, I can't stop thinking about Dr. Loomis for even four <laughs> seconds. There's no reason to stop thinking about Dr. Loomis because he's, he's heavily involved in the plot. Um, I, know. I I do think it. I also love the fact that he's just running around with oh, that yeah. gun. No, he's like, I, I love the fact that he's like, I have a license. After, <laughs> and they're like, like after whatever. The fact, after he has shot his fucking load off like Mike Brody in Jaws 2, like, <laughs> like he's firing it off at the beach. He's like, I, I have a license. <laughs> like, Dude, 
<laughs> like, I know. Like, like, he pulled out, like, a full arsenal, started double barrel shooting down <laughs> fucking Main Street, Haddonfield. And he's like, oh, it's all above board. And he just hands them the note that Ron Swanson gives. It <laughs> says, I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And they're like, oh, put that thing away. He's surrounded by cops who have not fired around in, like, years and and every time like a bug twitches and dr lives is bah! i know <laughs> like a lightning bug, bug floats by and he's bah, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing <laughs> i'm hunting fireflies <laughs> they're coming <laughs> <laughs> dr loomis is the i think i I really do think he's one of my favorite parts of the entire movie because he is just on edge the entire time. And I mean, of course Like, he no is. one ever should have given him a license to have a gun. <laughs> this man is nuts. He's crazier than Michael. He also has, like, one of my favorite fucking things ever. It's also just, how'd he get here? He, what, did you teach him how to... You, it's not like you taught him how to drive. He was doing very well last night. Like, <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> they do say something about it. It's like he does like give an explanation. He's like, maybe he learned from blah. Maybe someone gave him lessons. I, I think is the line. But yeah, like, also maybe someone gave him lessons. It's an amazing. Like, actually, we didn't even really talk about the opening scene. I love the opening scene. I know. Well, the, you mean the drive to the. Yeah, when they drive up on the asylum and it's um, and all the patients and all the are patients everywhere. are wandering around. It's really yeah. creepy. It's really Silent Hill. It is very Silent but, Hill. But like, it's just. It's when she's sitting in the car alone and that one hand, hand comes out and yeah. smashes so the window. So freaky. And it's like, holy shit. Like, like, <laughs> like, you should not be able to do that with one hand, Mikey. I know. Like, and you can see the cut in the film yeah, when great. they replaced the window yeah. with the window. <laughs> it still looks good, though. I know. It's like, still so good. But it's just him scrambling like a spider monkey up the back of the car, too. It's just like, because <laughs> that, great, that, that great like music swell, that... <laughs> And then he's just like crawling up in in his fucking like patient gown. I know. <laughs> yeah, and you have to imagine that like from the back it's just his bare yeah. ass <laughs> crawling up a car. And this is after, of course, the the opening sequence with the, the jack o' lantern, which is like one of my favorite like pre credit sequences ever. Agreed. And which spawned the second best Which is the reboot where <laughs> reboot where it regenerates and yeah, it is and it's fucking amazing. Beautiful. Um Yeah, I, I do I do I do agree with that. I think that that is one of the best pre credit or during credit <laughs> yeah. moments. I do think it's actually pretty relevant that we brought that up because we have gotten some of the best news that we ever could have wanted <laughs> recently, which is that we are getting two more Halloween sequels. Yes. And yes. the next one is coming out in 2020, which is next year. It is next year. Um, it, it's like a little depressing to me that we have to wait that long because I'm like, why did they not know that they should have this ready for this Halloween? But um, I mean, I think they were unsure how the reboot was going to do. How could you possibly be unsure? I, I mean, the problem is, is like they've rebooted a lot of these series lately and most of them didn't go great. Mm. Like, but they were not done with John Carpenter as the executive producer. And they Jamie weren't Lee done Cruz. with the original yeah. stars. <clears throat> and they weren't, they weren't, I wouldn't even call most of them like reboots. They were remakes, basically. Yeah, like when they redid Friday the 13th and it was really just Friday the 13th, one through three, matched into one movie with a weird hostage subplot, like Jason <laughs> takes hostages. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah. It's like they broke so many rules in that movie. Like he used a ranged weapon. He took a hostage. Like, like it was, <laughs> he took a hostage. It was, it was like, the fuck is this? It but really like, was strange. It was truly um, bizarre. We rebooted Nightmare on Elm Street with um, Jackie Earl Haley, who insisted on doing his Rorschach voice for Freddy Krueger. Um, <laughs> that was terrible. I know. Um, and they kind of like tried to make Freddy like borderline sympathetic. And they're like, oh, they shouldn't have burned that pedophile alive in that building. I'm like, if you're going for sympathy, you might have wanted to leave out the pedophile angle. I know. Like, <laughs> like if you're trying to make me feel bad for Freddie, you might have wanted to cut that part out. Like, oh, no, we burned a pedophile alive. Not that we're encouraging mob violence. <laughs> I am not but, telling you that that is a good thing to do. But, but in if a it happens in a fictional character, yeah, it's it not going to make me movie, feel bad. Like, if it happens in a movie, it's not going to make me feel bad. Um I I do I do uh I think that that's the primary difference between Halloween and Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street is and that Texas Chainsaw they rebooted Texas Chainsaw and, and Texas Chainsaw either. didn't go great but it's because <clears throat> they're trying to I felt like those movies were like you said trying to explain away the villains what evilness or their their it was trying to like give validity to their actions and it's like no that's not what we want we, it's it's one thing to say this is part of their story yeah. and it's another thing to say this is why they're so evil it's like you can't explain why freddy is so evil it's it's also a little bit like you're kind of doing the thing that that comic books do where it's like we've run out of places to take the story so we're just going to start over mm mm-hmm. And it's like you can't do that with movies, yeah. L- like, like not in the, not in the same way or with the same success. So it's like you got to a point where you weren't sure where to take Jason Voorhees, so you just started over again. But you completely blurred out most of the fun shit about Jason Voorhees. Yeah. So this doesn't make any sense anymore. Like the Halloween reboot was honestly, truly, is supposed to be Halloween two. Basically, like, it, yeah. it's a sequel. Yeah. It's it's happening. You know, thirty years later, but but it's a seat forty years later. I was like forty. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's happening, <laughs> which 40. is horrifying to think. Yeah, well, I wasn't alive when the original one came out, so it's thank fine. goodness. Um, but like, <laughs> but to be fair, it was it. it was only ten years before I was alive. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, so it's a completely different feel because it just it's we're keeping all of the same things that you loved about the original one. Like we're we're skipping over the sequels, but like let's face it. No one loves the sequels more than the original in the Halloween series. Like I've, no. I've I've never met someone who was like, you know what, my favorite one in the series is Halloween Five. Like no <laughs> no one has ever said that. God, four like, was just so good. Like I have said things in my own life. Like my favorite one is is Friday Six. Like J- Jason Lives is my favorite one. But, but Jason but like, Lives is. But it's a completely different animal. A different animal, That's, and it's also just like. Jason Lives is like the slasher movie buffs like gorgasm. Well, yeah, because J- Jason Lives is 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 the beginning of Zombie Jason. When we start getting like he's indestructible, he can teleport, he can ram people's heads into the sides of trailers and leave an imprint. Like <laughs> that's when Friday the Thirteenth became a cartoon and it became really fun. It so almost makes like, you wish the guy had been smiling like a cartoon character with like crossed eyes. Like she <laughs> she, she was screaming, but when he, but when he pulls it, in, there's like there's a little dent for her mouth. Like like, like is a perfect imprint of her screaming face. Oh, and it's like God. that is not how physics works. I don't know who told you that. Like this when Freddie is on the 
wall. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> when when he turns into a caterpillar to get a stoner and it's an Alice in Wonderland reference. Yeah. yeah. Like that those those sequels are where Freddy and Jason become cartoons. Like mm-hmm. Michael never becomes a cartoon. No. So no so the sequels aren't as important to Michael's mythos because no one when they're thinking of what Michael Myers is thinks of the sequels they think of the original. Yeah, because the and not just because the original was so iconic, but because it was truly the most definitive version of Michael. Yes, and to be perfectly honest, I think the only one that matters. Like, yeah. when we get Michael later, when he's kind of <coughs> indestructible zombie Michael, but not really, like, <laughs> Michael stops being fun when he becomes indestructible because that tension is gone. Yeah. It's, you're always supposed to be, because, like, what is the number one thing that Michael does in this movie apart from killing teenagers? It's just him falling down. <laughs> like, oh. like, Michael Ooh. falls down, like, I think six times in the original movie. And it's just that, it's like Family Guy when they just fall and it's just like they're standing <sighs> and then hit the floor. Like, like it's just like, <laughs> where it's like, upright, boom. Like, <laughs> like that's how Michael falls. It's like when falls. a toddler is learning like, to walk and yeah. they're like, bum, 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 boom. Yeah, that's very much what up, Michael's up, doing. Up, up, boom. Like, Lori's in the closet, she stabs him with the, with the coat hanger and you just hear, fumble, 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 boom. <laughs> and she stands up and he has fallen perfectly flat with his <laughs> arms at, at his ceiling. sides like looking like a corpse <laughs> and then sits up the exact same way and that's the thing like that's the great thing about Mike like, like she walks away and it's that great in the background shot of him just whoop also Nick Castle like, must have had great abs in the 70s. oh yeah no like he must have been like that was like mm-hmm. that was impressive that, that was like that would do any personal trainer proud to just I was just like, like, like just perfectly from the hips like bow straight just up I, it almost like, makes you wonder if like the shoes were connected to the floor because I'm like I, how I does someone do you, that you, you know that like John Carpenter is laying on the ground like holding his feet like he's literally you'd him. have to be <laughs> That was impeccable. No, it was amazing. But he just, he just pops right up and then the slow head pan toward yeah. her. Like, but, but the other thing I was going to say. Because it's like a robot rebooting. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Literally like someone flipped the switch. Yeah. He's back in DOS. Um, <laughs> they're like, run, run the Oregon Trail. <laughs> Your party has died of knife to the stomach. Please start over. Your Michael died of dysentery. Um <laughs> The other thing I was going to say before we get too far away Sorry. from it is uh, I think the difference between Michael and people like Jason and even Freddie to a certain extent is that Michael was the most fleshed out character of the those villains in the first movie. In the first movie, yes. Freddie wasn't – or not Freddie. Uh, Jason wasn't even in the first movie. Well, he was. Well – for a, was, moment. for a moment. For a beautiful moment. <laughs> a beautiful <laughs> Um It's the scariest moment in that movie. It really, it really is. is. It truly is. <laughs> uh, but I think that that's what, I think that's why that movie is so good is because it wasn't like the other horror movies where the, it takes like six sequels to, to flesh out like what this character is yeah. and to figure out what people <laughs> like, what they don't like, how this person operates. It's like Michael was what he was in the first movie and yes. there was no question of it. No, and the best part about Michael is there is no motive. He doesn't need a motive. We're not trying to explain mm-hmm. why he's doing this. It's just that it's happening. Yeah, like Jaws. Like that's it. But all this machine does is swim and stab and make little Myers. But he doesn't because then he would have to die. Yeah. So it's (laughs) – 
All he does is swim and eat and for some reason watch his sister have sex and then murder everybody. (laughs) 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 Like, thank God that's what happened. Can you imagine what would have happened in his health class if he'd had to watch the sex video? Like, like as a preteen, it would have been a massacre. How old was he supposed to be? Eight? (sighs) Yeah, I think so. I think he was like six or eight or or something. No, he's older than six. I want to say he's like, he's somewhere in like the eight to ten range, I believe. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, not that we have gone into super in-depth detail I mean, about we're this g- movie. I mean, we're going to be talking about the Halloween <clears throat> series again. So I, and we're going to talk mean, about multiple all the sequels, times. And I, honestly, when we when we, it's it's just a movie we're going to continue to talk about. Yeah. All the time, anyway. Um. So we're going to move on to one of our favorite new segments of this <laughs> of this show. We're going to play a little game. And it's your very favorite game. It's called Good Trope, Bad Trope. It's also the only game we've played on here. So Literally the only one. We'll, we'll come up with more. I think we should come up with we, more We games. will come up with more, but this is, this is the one we've got for today. All right. So we're playing Good Trope, Bad Trope. For those of you who haven't listened before, that means that uh, Sam and I are going to flip a coin. We're, we're going to name a trope of a horror movie, specifically in this one, yeah. uh, things that are related to Halloween. And we're going to flip a coin and one of us has to defend the trope and one of us has to oppose the trope. So when we flip the coin, one of us will call heads. Whoever gets heads has to defend the trope. Whoever gets tails has to tear it down. All right. Regardless of their own personal viewpoint on the trope. Do you want to go first since I went first last time? Uh, sure. All right. Uh, heads <clears throat> is... Is what? Defending? Is defend and tails is tear down. Do we want to say what it is though? Yeah, let's let's okay. name the trope. So first. the first trope um, that we're doing is I have tentatively titled Invisible Children. <laughs> which is <laughs> a thing that happens in slasher movies a lot when when you have um, teenage a teenage victim class who are looking after smaller children, <laughs> in this case Tommy and Lindsay. Um, but we see this in Friday the 13th. We see this in, I think, Nightmare once or twice, where at no point are the persons who are under the age of 10 in danger, but they are there to kind of ramp up the tension. Mm. Like, I don't think at any point we were really truly scared Michael was going to kill either of the kids. He wasn't no, really he was interested in really them. Like, it was, them. It was basically like they weren't there, which is why the trope is Invisible Children. There was actually only one moment where they were <laughs> even really in the vicinity of him. Yeah, like where they were even like in the same room. But and like, they barely were. Yeah, like, like Michael never shows any interest in either of them. Um, Jason certainly never shows any interest in the campers at, at Camp Crystal Lake in the movies where there are actually campers there. Yeah. So um, we're going to title this Invisible Children. Go ahead and flip. I'm going to call. All right. I'm going to call heads, but we'll you're see. Ca- you're calling. Well, well, you can't call because it's okay, just whatever fine. it lands on. Okay, that works too. All right. So heads, you defend he, you, it. He went and got an app. We don't even have a coin. <laughs> because <laughs> it, I was like, who carries coins? Nobody carries coins. I usually have one on me. We usually don't have to use an app. Do you have one on you? I don't have one on me, which is so why I was go. going to go look for one before. And then we're like, no, I downloaded an app. It's fine. I did. I downloaded a coin flipping app and we're going to, this is modern day America. Oh my God. Um, all right. So heads, you what defend is, it. What is the coin? Is it just like a random coin or does it have like a specific, like, is it I an think American it's, coin? Uh, uh, I don't know. Not that that matters. Like, It has George Washington on it. I but it, it does it, not it looks look, like the dollar coins that you used to get out of the machines it does, at Penn Station. I, it actually might be okay. a dollar coin. Um, Let's change to Sacagawea. That's not right. <laughs> Listen, I didn't make the it's fucking fine. app. <laughs> <laughs> you downloaded it though. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I didn't pay for it, so there's, <laughs> there's that. Fine. So um, this is my flip. So go ahead. All right, here you go. Heads, you defend it. Tails, you I have to oppose tear it. Apart. Yeah. Here we go. And flip. 
heads. I have to defend this. You have to defend this. Um, (laughs) I feel like every time we play this game, I always end up having to take the opposite stance of what I really want. Okay. It really (laughs) is just truly always happens. Which is kind of the point. Um, (laughs) Um, So, okay. I think this trope actually works because there's, there's a lot going on in that final chase sequence and it actually, I think, would detract from the tension between Michael and Lori in that kind of cat and mouse game if we were also worried about Tommy and Lindsay in any meaningful way. Mm. Um, it's one of those things, like, especially since, like, child actors, particularly in, like, early horror movies, tend to be pretty bad. <laughs> Though, to be fair, I, I do want to be fair to them. Like, Tommy, Tommy and Lindsay in this movie are actually, like, some of the most likable children in horror movies that I've ever seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> Did like, you know that Lindsay really is bad. a housewife now? I did not know that. She is. She's on one of the housewives. I can't remember which one. That's hilarious. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not to find that. But um, the, I guess my point being that um, I, I think this is good because it A, saves us from potentially terrible child acting and B, doesn't take away from that end chase scene because it's diverting our attention. Is that your whole argument? Um, I think that is my whole argument in favor of Invisible Children because, <laughs> because it's, it's one of those things where like, if I had had the other one, <laughs> like, but I'm not going to say that because it's your turn to tear it down. Yeah, I I will say, <laughs> I will say, in opposition of of this trope, yes. I actually think it would amp up the energy of the scene if the kids were actually in danger, and not to mention that I think if Michael was preying on the babysitter, it would give him a reason to be preying on the babysitter if it was also to get to the children. So chasing the children would give Lori motivation to stop him, and it would give him... uh, It would really turn him into a true predator. Because when you're chasing a grown woman, Mm. it's still horribly scary and wrong. I mean, like a 16-year-old... I mean, more grown than... than. <laughs> more, more grown than Tommy. And I would also argue, I, wasn't she supposed to be 17 or 18? I think she was supposed to be like 17, but I, I think Jamie Lee Curtis was actually like 22 at the time, but like it doesn't, doesn't matter. Oh yeah, she was not... Uh, well, because it's, it's Hollywood. There's no real teenager in acting as a teenager. In exactly, yeah. 30 um, and above to play a 15-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like I'm, I'm 30, I'm 33. Like I'm just getting to the point that they would let me play like a 17 year old. <laughs> like, like I just, hit, I just hit senior year in high school. Go ahead. Um, so I, I would say that it would, for the audience, make it a much more scary situation if the children were also in danger and Lori had, was tasked with not only the necessity of, Saving herself, but saving the children. I think that that would create a huge tension. It's the same as in like A Stranger Calls. Yeah. The remake, at least. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Not the first 10 minutes of the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, which is starring Carol Kane. Like, like, like it's, I know. it's such a non sequitur, but that's Carol fucking Kane. It really is. Um, it's a shame they didn't make the original, the way they made <laughs> the revival. It's, it's like, seriously, like, like you have this beautiful urban legend. Stop fucking with it. Um, yeah, I don't really understand why they did that. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take that in, in opposition to Invisible Children because I think it's a stupid trope. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> my, my actual opinion is that it's terrible because like just it, it's kind of the same way I feel about like when they put like dogs and cats in danger, but then like back off it at the last second. It's kind of like you wanted to make me feel things, but then didn't want to go all the way with it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like I have this natural pre-inclination to fearing for the lives of babies and babies and puppies and kitties. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, if you're going to put any of those three things in danger, I should believe there's an actual chance you'd follow through on it. Granted, Mikey does that more than almost anyone else because I think he kills like one dog a movie. He does. He um, kills. Like, he kills a lot of. Like, he kills a lot of dogs. <laughs> like, it's he just really loves fucking up somebody's day. Like, like seriously, he is. He is like, I could go in there and murder that lady, but there's this German Shepherd right here. Literally, and the so, audience needs to know that I'm a bad man. <laughs> I'm a bad, bad. Man. <laughs> I'm an evil man in evil clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Lindsay was played by Kyle Richards, mm-hmm. who is she actually is has been in. A number of things, including um, Little House on the Prairie and obviously Halloween. But <laughs> wait, was it Little House on the Prairie before or after Halloween? Uh, that is an excellent question. I think it was after. She'd had enough. <laughs> it was. It was after. It was. Well, <laughs> she was like, "Fuck Michael Myers. I'm going for the dysentery." Her appearance. <laughs> actually, that's not true. She made appearances in 1977, 79, 82. So it was both. It was yeah, both before, it was and, before after. and after. Yeah. She took a break from Little House on the Prairie to, to film Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now she is a real housewife on the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Good for her. Yeah. I'm a little shocked because she actually has had. I mean, I don't. I don't want to call it. She has. She has some accomplishments on her resume. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not saying it to be rude. I'm just saying she has accomplishments other than Jimmy Lee Curtis. Lindsay. (laughs) Lindsay. Lindsay. For those of you who didn't know, Tommy was played by the same actress who played uh, Maureen (laughs) Maureen in Scream. Lindsay, mommy wants to talk to you. (laughs) They're like, why? (laughs) And then Wes Craven was like, I need someone to play Maureen. John was like, I have the just the woman. (laughs) Just the one. Just the one. You take her. She's your problem now. (laughs) Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. I, John Carpenter, have won the day. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. This is George Mallory now. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. It's fine. All right, what's our second trope? Um, our second trope I have written down is Never Ending Mikey, which is, which never is, ending which is Mikey. essentially just, you know, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. It's, it's, it's like you can shoot Michael Myers over and over again. You Blow can him up. Run him over with a truck. You can chop off his head and then retcon it out later. Um, you can yeah, do pretty literally. much whatever you want to Mikey, and he's just going to keep coming back. And he's he's not even a zombie. Although at this I point. will say, the way they explained away him the, getting the his head, head chop chopped off yeah. was actually pretty ingenious. I mean, it made sense, but it was also perpe- perpetrated by resurrection. Well, so, I'm not saying the rest of the movie was good. I'm just saying like, that I, one I, explanation. I, I know, but but it's it's one of the like. It made sense, but it didn't make sense. I thought it made sense. I actually thought it was very inventive. It was very inventive. That being said, like, my God, I loved Jamie Lee Curtis shopping off his head at the end of H2O. Like, it just, it felt so cheap, like, at the beginning of the next movie to just, like, rob us all of that moment. Like, (laughs) Like, which was just, like, 
this perfect moment. Although but- it is kind of satisfying in that it does really uh, prove that neither of them can exist without the other. It's Voldemort and Harry Potter. Literally, though, neither can live while the other though, survives. It really, I think that's at the what end makes of this, we're going to find out so that Do- we're going to find out that Doctor Loomis has been grooming Laurie this whole time just for <laughs> sacrifice to kill Michael Myers. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to do the never-ending Mikey. Uh, I'm going to flip the coin to see if I'm (laughs) defending it or (laughs) opposing it. What are you laughing at? (laughs) Lori's drone on Falcor. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Well, 80s pop plays in the background. What's the horse's name? Uh, Artax. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I knew that. Michael's sinking in the mud. She's like, Michael! And he's just slowly staring at her while he sinks in the mud. No, that's Judith Myers. It's, 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 it's <laughs> Mikey is a traitor. And Judith Myers is our <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm flipping the coin to see if I am defending or opposing the trope of the never-ending Mikey. I'm opposing the never-ending Mikey. Yes, you are. Is that the one you wanted? No. <laughs> All right. I am opposing the never-ending Mikey. Um, I will say this. The fact that Michael literally cannot be destroyed. He has been lit on fire. He's been blown up. He has been <laughs> shot six times. <laughs> he has fallen off of uh, a windowsill. He has done all of these things, and he always gets back up. It really kind of ruins the expectation of the audience that there's anything they can do to uh, escape him. And I know that that should be something that is reassuring as an audience member because you always know that he will come back and that there will be a sequel. But it does feel a little bit like, well, then where is this story going? If we know we can never kill him, where is it going? Eventually Michael's going to outlive or kill everybody. There should be a way to overcome evil. It's just like in Harry Potter, like you were saying. Even if it is something where it's like she has to sacrifice herself to kill him, it has to happen. There has to be some way to defeat evil. And it almost makes it like, well, why even bother running? You know he's going to get back up. There has to be some reason to keep fighting him. Is that the end of your TED talk? I think so. <laughs> In this essay, I will. <laughs> no, <but laughs> I, I obviously have the task of arguing in favor of never ending Mikey, which is easy because I believe that this is actually the correct way to go. Um, <laughs> I finally got one. After you I, finally I, compl- I finally you get, I finally get to say it. I mean, you, she's like, I never get the one. I never, I, I don't ever it. like, like this is, this is, this is unusual. Okay. <laughs> But um, the reason that Never Ending Mikey is good is actually it's it's kind of I don't think it's actually the last line in the movie, but I think it might be. Um, I would have to go back and rewatch it. But um, it's Laurie looking at Doctor Loomis and saying, "Was that the boogeyman?" It is the last line in the movie. It is the last yeah. line in the movie. But it's it's Laurie looking at Doctor Loomis and saying, "Was that the boogeyman?" And him saying, "As a matter of fact, that was." Mm-hmm. That's why Never Ending Mikey is perfect. Because, because Mikey is the boogeyman. He is the shape. He is, he is more than human. So he needs to be treated like more than human. And it's, yes, there should be a way to defeat evil, but you always have to be aware of the fact that evil can come back no matter how many times you defeat it. So as an allegory, it actually works to have him be able to be shot and have him just sit up like a robot every time. 
Well, to be fair, that is how I feel, and I did I not know. want. <laughs> I did not want to oppose this trope. Sucks, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do agree. I think that it adds. I, I and I think that that line is actually one of the best lines in the movie, and is one of the reasons we have to love Donnie because yes. he he always has that <laughs> dramatic, crazy line that's like, as a matter of fact. It was. Because he is, he's the boogeyman. And it's so scary to know that that yes. no matter what you do, he's gonna keep coming back. And that's what makes the reboot so perfect. We're gonna do a whole separate episode on the reboot so I don't have to actually We basically like, did it. Like, oh my god. <laughs> no, but we didn't though. Like like we didn't even talk about half of what I want to talk about about I the reboot. I can't even I can't wait. <laughs> like there's a part of me that's like, it's Halloween next week. Let's just do three episodes next week. Let's talk about the reboot. <laughs> Literally. Like, like I want to do it now. Like, like we're gonna we're gonna press stop and we're just gonna start up. And <laughs> we're gonna talk about the reboot. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that like I I know that I have said before that Friday the Thirteenth is my favorite slasher and that my favorite movie is Jaws. But like Halloween will always have this like extra special place in the canon for me. Um, a couple years ago, actually. Uh, the uh, the Rialto in a town nearby <laughs> did um, a special anniversary screening of we it went in the movie and we went together. Yeah. And I can't even tell you how cool it was to sit in a theater and watch that movie. It was one of the most special experiences because you look at a movie like that and it feels so distant when when it hap- when it came out before we were alive. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not saying it's old because like I said that movie only came out about 10 years before I was born. So, like, it's not actually that distant yeah, It's not like it's in, like, me. black and white and has Charlie Chaplin in it. <laughs> yeah, it's not such a far away <laughs> movie. But to be able to sit in a theater and experience it the way people experienced it in 1978 is so special. Minus the teenagers that were talking through it who I wanted to murder. It wasn't teenagers. It was, it was the motherfucker sitting behind me. And they kept talking. And finally, someone was like, shut the fuck up and the whole audience <laughs> yeah, broke out into applause clapping, yeah. and they shut up <laughs> don't be an asshole in the movie theater even if you've seen the movie six times because guess what if people own a dvd of something and they still went to the fucking movie theater to see it that means they don't want to hear your bitch ass talk yeah they went like, there to see that fucking movie like you should never do that in any movie but particularly for a movie where it's like a special screening and you know that the only people who are there love this film i know shut the fuck up and i am <laughs> such an old lady about shit like this david makes fun of me all the time because any t- someone could sneeze in the movies and I'm like shh like I, I <laughs> hate people who make noise at the movies I hate it I hate it I hate it I hate people who pull out their phones at the movies it's like why did you pay $62 for a movie ticket to go and sit in the dark and waste it like, it's also like feel out the crowd a little because like when when I went to see The Mist which is one of the best movies I've ever seen in the theater ever mm. because the audience portion of it was so great but like the part where, spoiler alert, Ollie shoots fucking Marsha Gay Harden in the head. Yeah. The entire audience started cheering. Like, but that's different. Feel your shit out. That's like, if a the reaction whole, yes, to the if movie. If the whole audience is like having a good time and is reacting appropriately, by all means, hoot and holler and make a fucking fuss. As long as everybody else is doing it at the same fucking time. And it's not even everyone <laughs> doing it at the same time. It's that it's a reaction to what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. It's not 
It's not talking to your friends. It's yeah. not making jokes to your friends about what. It's uh, not like, providing your own unsolicited version of riff tracks while yeah. I'm trying to watch a film. This is not mystery science theater. Shut up. Like I don't down. want you. Like, <laughs> this has been your PSA. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, this has been your PSA. All right, kids. I think that's about all we can say for Halloween in this episode. Yeah. Next episode, we'll do we'll it all again. <laughs> <laughs> they always uh, come back. I know. They always come back. Like cockroaches. We're like cockroaches and Mikey. <laughs> and Cher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she never left. She never left. She will never have gone. Uh, <laughs> literally, the sun will implode and Cher will be spinning through space going, Still calling Marcus for jazz. Turn back <laughs> Still calling for jazz. Jazzy. <laughs> I need my eye <laughs> So that's it for us today, kids. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, we wish you a very happy Halloween. We do have uh, some extra stuff coming out next week for Halloween. We are putting out some very extra special episodes. We are doing more than one episode next week for the holiday season. So we hope you enjoy it. Please, if you're listening uh, and you enjoyed what you heard, like and subscribe wherever you're listening. Find us on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. I believe we're on Tumblr. You can find us at myspookygayfamily.com. Uh, leave us some leave us some nice comments, uh, constructive criticism if, if we said something that really upsets you. Uh, and we will see you next time. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. So until next time, stay spoopy and remember. Hey, Lonnie. Get your ass away from there. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Halloween, distributed by Compass International Pictures, 1978. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. <laughs> <laughs>